Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. My name is Laurie LeBlanc from Bucktooth, New Brunswick, and you're listening to the music. Welcome, 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 <laughs> Laurie. It's 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 so great to have you join us tonight. We really appreciate your uh, your time. So yeah, yeah. already happy to be here. Thanks for having me. For sure. And listen, congratulations! You've won like uh, a bunch of awards. Seventeen million awards, I think. Uh, <laughs> minus minus sixteen million nine hundred ninety nine thousand. <laughs> well, I've been uh, been lucky over the years, you know, and and. Uh, fortunate to do what I love. And um, yeah, we're, we've been, you know, different awards like SoCan, more like Montreal area and in the, uh, what they call the Canadian Francophone Awards are also in the Montreal area and mm-hmm. Music of Brunswick Awards and Josie Awards in Tennessee. That was cool. That went there. We couldn't go this year, the Grand Ole Opry, but it went there in 2019. So yeah, lots, lots of good things happening other than, than just having fun in music. Yep. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, if you don't mind. Um, you know, there's been talk in the industry recently uh, about touring musicians mm. and, and mainly, you know, bands and musicians that, you know, that are, I, I don't want to sort of put them in a tear, but, you know, not like the Smashing Pumpkins who are touring right now. Um, or Pearl Jam that, you know, tours every once, you know, every so often, but sort of those, those touring acts that might fill up a, a 100, 200, 500 seat, seat place. Um, you know, there's a couple of bands that have written stuff on Instagram, uh, and recently, uh, Toronto area musician by the name of, uh, Cadence Weapon talked about, uh, you know, going on tour after winning the Polaris Music Prize uh, and coming back in the hole. Um, your thoughts on on where touring is going, and, and I don't know if you have any experiences with some of some of this. Uh, well, touring was going very well, obviously, before the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. Myself, I tour Eastern Canada, mainly the Atlantic provinces, Quebec, a little bit of Ontario, a little bit of France. Uh, when the pandemic hit, every, everything stopped. Obviously, we're doing singles and so on. As far as, as uh, the cherry being a prize, if you win any, any type of prize, it's, 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 it's flattering the industry, recognize what you're doing and, and everybody that's surrounding you with your team, right? Because you have different people that are, you know, management and, and co-writers and, and, and the band is with us all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always, it's always nice and flattering and it's always on the mat on the management or even booking agent side. It's, it's something that they can help sell and so on. And, and, and it's uh, souvenirs for the, the, the hutch in, in the living room for, for later on in life. Uh, but um, um, you know, we're still, you know, since, well, the pandemic only started only in March. So, but it, everything seems to be back to normal since then as far as touring. And and hopefully it'll stay that way, I guess, as far as uh, any shows. Okay. Yeah. So things, things you know, once, once you get back on tour and 
some of the recent uh, gigs that you've played, things things are going fine with you. You're not sort of seeing this uh, inflation in terms of the costs and, and whether it makes sense to to be on the road anymore. Well, shows that I did this year were a lot from 2020 and 2021. Uh, the contracts being done back in 2019. Okay. So management was telling me, you know, price of hotels on the road while we get there and so on, or, or mostly gas with two or three vehicles, you know, being the musicians, the sound guy and so on. We have our own vehicle and stuff. So should we attack to try to get more money and stuff like that? We decided not to, you know, it was signed then and, and whatever we were losing, we just wanted to because they were good clients and so on. So we did half of the shows this year were probably rescheduled. The others were new. Yeah. But it is it is uh, people that are calling for a lot for next year. Uh, you know, we've had Christmas shows until December and stuff this year. But people are calling for next year. Uh, the price really has to go up. You know, we have to we have to adjust all that. Being hotels are three hundred dollars a night and, and gas for me to get to Montreal, which is twelve hour drive or ten hour drive, is four or five hundred bucks a vehicle. Mm. So everything is up everywhere not just as far as us being concerned uh, yeah. so um, so far so good we're, we're you know every people are understanding um, but uh, yeah it's uh, you know we're giving prices out there people are asking for prices for different festival venues theaters or whatever else for 2023 mainly and uh, you give two or three prices you get or 10 prices you get two or three depending you know uh, it's all about what you're offering how many years you've been at it uh, your marketing yeah. And having a show, which is a ninety-minute show, we've been doing. We have a new album out, new show next year, but uh, it's 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 give and take. It's it might still be too early uh, to find out a lot of them because a lot of them might be only um, jumping at us in the early year, in in the early new year. You know, a lot of them are fall, but some are early early winter type offerings for summer outside festivals okay. or whatever else. Yeah, interesting. Let's talk about you now um you didn't you've been at it for a while but you got started later in life like you know a lot of people that greg and i've been you know have have spoken to you know talk about as a kid either they're in the choir or you know their their family is 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 in the music somehow whether they're teachers or uh, musicians themselves or it's, it's something that they always knew they were going to do your story is a little bit different i i i believe uh, somewhere I read, correct me if I'm wrong, Lori, but, you know, it, it read that you were somewhat of a, of a shy person and, you know, weren't, uh, you know, weren't prone to singing in public a lot. No, me being, uh, always loved to sing when I was young, like a lot of people do, you know, in the shower and stuff, my parents really weren't around <laughs> too much <laughs> and grew up on, 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 on the country and then, and then phase of the kiss and, and the rock stuff. So yeah, I just love singing and uh, I, I being uh, love to design, I'm a civil engineering technician, uh, went to college and graduated and, and worked for engineers a bunch up until probably 2008 or nine, where I started my own office and doing designs for different engineering firms and stuff and still continue to sing uh, my wife's uh, sister, which is now my brother-in-law, right? He plays guitar and, and when, when we're all going out, we'd go to parties and then he was playing with bands, so I ended up singing a few songs. Oh, God, you can sing. You should sing. So we started a little band like everybody else, a few years and doing, you know, bars and stuff, and, and, and eventually started another band, a French band, with a couple of albums there in probably from 2000 to 2010. So I started in, you know, mid-20s for me as far as singing in public. First time I sang in public yeah. was wow. 
know, late mid to late nineties at, at my sister-in-law's wedding with my brother-in-law and from there people heard us and said, Hey, we're going to hire you next weekend for our anniversary. And we went there sang four hours and they gave us 20 bucks each. We were so excited <laughs> to get money back then. And, and people are paying me to sing. And, and, and from there it went on. We, we did two albums with a, a French band called Zarico. You know, we're, we're Acadians with our Acadian accent. I grew up listening to 90s country. So, and, and from there I, I started solo in around 2010, not to talk an hour about, about that, but deflecting on the question but yeah so from there I just enjoyed singing and uh, eventually my wife became my full-time manager in 2015 or so and we have both of our offices at home I have booking agents and stuff like that you know press companies out of Toronto for my English releases uh, and and trackers out of Toronto and, and or Halifax I should say and, and Toronto for distribution and stuff and Montreal for press for the French stuff for French radio and we've been full-time at it for probably since 2015 now Went through the pandemic, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. been tougher in the pandemic, but uh, so me, I was shy, just love to sing. And I'm still not a guy that looks for attention. I just, <laughs> I'm not an attention getter. I just enjoy singing. And, and, and when I get on stage, it's all about the people trying to sing songs that people didn't enjoy or connect to and simple stuff with my guys that, that do shows with me all the time. And we're having fun and we're making a living. So it's the best thing, I guess. That's that's great. That's great. It's funny because you you actually in in what you your answer there you brought up about three or four points that I have that I want to touch on, um, but the first one is around sort of the the it, you have an interesting mix of sort of the country like almost francophone country but then the Acadian mix to it as well. Um, growing up in New Brunswick, I think on the east coast, right? Yep, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Um, can you talk about sort of the influence that that had in, in the sort of that melding of music that you play today? It's funny because I grew up in the nineties, you know, it's from Alan Jackson to George Strait to Brad Paisley, yeah. Zach Brown band, so on. And also on the Acadian side, we had a, a, a very popular Acadian group called 1755 and they sang French country up-tempo music with Acadian accents. Now, Acadian accents is, is, can be mixed with all Acadian words, also with English words. Like I'm going to say uh, back in, in French. Uh, we're going to say uh, different words that are English and mixed in there. So that's our accents. And um, so that, that was influenced by the French bands, you know, a, a popular Quebec band called Les Darèches, you know, the Western band up there for, you know, they sold a million album, whatever and stuff. Mm-hmm. So influence in the French island as far as Acadian and also influenced in the 90s as far as English. So against today, my my French stuff would have 90s music uh, with Acadian French accent for my French music. Right. I guess the English stuff would probably be 90s influenced too. I'm listening to some of the new stuff too. Uh, the, the pop stuff I can't connect too much to, but it's nice to see evolution and stuff, you know. So yeah. that's pretty much what my sound is right now, I would guess. Okay. And and it's interesting because that goes into another... the topic that I want to talk about is just like, you know, you, you, you've written in French and you've written in English and I, I wanted to sort of explore, um, you know, what, what the differences are for you. I don't even, I don't even know if there's challenges, but like, you know, it, in terms of the writing and the, the, the process of the writing and the recording from your. The French, uh, I, I mean, maybe it's because my, it's my base language. I tend to go to, um, you know, uh, positive up-tempo stuff with a little bit of funniness in there with my accents it's just i connect to i mean i could try to write 
in completely perfect French language, but that I, that's not the way I, you know, we talk or, or our accent is. And mm-hmm. that's how, that's what I do in French. As far as English, well, again, music would be 90s driven. Um, be having, you know, recorded with Dan, uh, Jason Berry and, and, the, and the Dean Brody band and stuff, such a great guy, producer, and, and does all the, the great Canadian acts. I guess the key to, it's a different world in English. It's very, it, there's great music out there. And, and uh, the key is to please yourself and please the masses. Although not trying to satisfy radio, you sort of had to try to blend all of that in without, <laughs> without uh, affecting what you are as an artist and what you, what you do. So I'm getting, I'm getting spins on certain radios where others are saying I'm not modern enough or whatever, and that's fine. So English side is more development side. We did an album in 2020, uh, One is Right is Right, and the new Long Weekend was has like two EPs, French and English. Mm-hmm. So that's where I am. It's English is more uh, probably original storytelling stuff, 90s music. Uh, again, trying to get 90s music with a today's edge in there. That's where Jason Berry comes in and, and stuff like that. Thank you. What, um, Laurie, I, I, Greg, you correct me if I'm wrong, but Laurie, I think you're our first guest who has an Acadian background. Um, what, what is, if, if you were to describe the sound, um, Acadian sound, Acadian music, how would you, how would you describe it? Uh, well, I'm, I, I think Acadian country. There's a, there's Acadian artists that are that are pop that are rock that are whatever else. Okay. Uh, the artists that I that I would compare myself to there's other Leblancs in the area that sing you know it's it's mostly high energy it could be Cajun based too uh, okay. it could lots of fiddle maybe less accordion accordion's more on the Louisiana side it's positive it's it's festive uh, it's um, it's 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 all of that. That's what I, Acadian country, what I do, and, and a couple of others that are that are Leblancs. They call us the Tree Leblancs. So sometimes we do shows <laughs> together here okay. and there. But uh, cool. right. yeah, yeah, there's there's a anyway. There we're all from Bactouche. It's a small town, yeah. uh, about two thousand people for population there. But there's, yeah. there must be something in the water. You're all. Uh, music I don't stars. know. I tell you a, a short story, but uh, I was younger then, but. Bucktooth just love George Jones or traditional based people, you know, a lot. And, and George Jones came once to play in Bucktooth at the racetrack or whatever. And it was just crazy. They were, you know, grabbing on stage, his legs and stuff. And, and it was, he only ended up like playing a half, playing a half an hour. And I think on the TV show, he said one of the worst plays he played, <laughs> the hardest plays to play was, was in Bucktooth. He was keeping the monitors from cranking up and cranking up. People were just crazy. They're just, like a religion up here, the George Jones thing, you know. So just oh. heavy, heavy traditional base people here. Good to know. Um, you talked about writing songs for radio. Um, and you're the first guest that has actually said that. A lot of people that we've been speaking with, um, you know, are talking about, or, or we ask them, you know, how do you write for today's climate where um there's algorithms involved on things like spotify and and soundcloud and such uh but tell me about and this might be sort of the uh the difference between what greg and i are familiar with in terms of english music and english pop uh versus still in canada but uh french french music and and you know uh, greg and i have done work in the past in media and understand that there's a 
a star system in in French Canada. Um, talk to talk to us about sort of this francophone community of music and the the media that goes into supporting and radio and actually writing for francophone radio. I would say for me, francophone when I started back in 2010 was a lot of community community chat, uh, radio driven. You know, the local community stations were playing. Uh, I think in Quebec, out of all of Quebec, as of maybe one or two years ago, there wasn't one commercial country radio station. Hmm. They were all community-based or weekend-based volunteers. Now I think we have three radios that are, that are really, really well distributed in Quebec near Montreal called Hit Country Radios. And they're playing country, country, country songs from Francophone, Atlantic and Quebec artists plus uh, Canadian and, and U.S.-based artists. So basically, um, uh, you know, if, if, I, if I have a song that's released to radio, it's sent across Francophone Canada, parts of Europe, Belgium, and so on. And, okay. uh, but uh, there's not too many separate Canadian Francophone country commercial stations, I should say, yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, obviously if we get into Spotify, you know, one of my songs made number one, uh, in Canada for iTunes francophone sales back in 2016, it's wow. called Moitu yeah. And I think the first day I had like 50,000 hits and I had like 170 mm-hmm. bucks cause it pays 0.04 cents yeah. a spin. <laughs> so, you know, you have to be there. That's, that's Spotify. And when you get into, you know, satellite radio, CBC, a francophone country, that's, that's a lot different. So a lot of community channels for the French, some commercial, some commercial are spinning my stuff because I'm considered a little less Western. I'm considered somewhat modern for francophone country, I should say. Not C- Canadian English country, but for francophone country. Interesting. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned about CBC. So um, how, how supportive... Maybe that's a loaded question, but like how supportive is Radio Canada in terms of supporting yourself and other artists of like Francophone artists? Well, Radio Canada doesn't play much country at all on the radio side. I wouldn't say they could, they could add one or two spins. I got, I got a song called country reggae, which is country and reggae based. There's two of them. I'm one of the lucky ones because my, my my style is crossing over a little bit more to the modern side for the francophone music. I mean, mm-hmm. so I mean, as far as uh, uh, CBC, which is now switched to top of the country, my English stuff is playing there pretty much as much as it was for CBC country and and the French side. They used to have Franco country, but now it's yeah. switched to Roots, which is Racine, which is yeah. still you know. Um, but uh, I may be deflecting off the question, but yeah, the no, Rio no. Canada is, isn't, isn't spinning too much. Not too many commercial French country stations for us. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, how challenging was it writing uh, your English album, your first English album? The first English album, I didn't write any of it myself. I had wrote, written a few songs from one to two songs on my on my French albums, like the first ones. And I didn't feel comfortable uh, writing the songs. Plus, I was lucky to work with Jason Berry, the Brodios, and it was a big production. I wanted something nice, and I was able to meet great writers, uh, talk to out of the States. I went to France to play, and I met Don Mescal, 
did a show with him up there from Ireland. He wrote from for the Backstreet Boys, Lone Star. Mm. Paul McCartney sings on one of his songs, and okay. he loved what he loved my tone. We did a couple of covers together. He sent me like twenty songs. I took six of his songs in the one it's right, it's right album and other writers of the, out of the States. And uh, I just wrote one song, one, one, one song I co-wrote on it. Okay. So that's how the first album uh, went about, I guess. Back but in they were original songs. They weren't covers. You weren't covering anybody. All originals, except, yeah. except no, everything was original. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I guess a little bit easier singing, singing in English when it's someone else's, I'm guessing. Didn't have to stress too much about writing the songs yourself. I love what they did, and it yeah. was sort of like my first all original English album. I went to Nashville in 2013 for a cover album, and enjoyed that for two or three weeks. Up okay, there. so it was my first all original album, and I was sort of getting into it. And like Jason said, we're going to see how you feel, and 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 the next album will determine what your style is, maybe a little bit more. So it was all great, but the next time around, I wanted to get more involved in writing to get more of what I wanted to say, and maybe co-write and stuff. So the next album, I co-wrote everything myself on there uh, on Long Weekend. It's just I could get more of, of what I was trying to say and maybe melodically get some of what I was wanted to do too. So it just happened to be like that. So when you talk about Long Weekend, it's interesting because you mentioned earlier about your wife, Jean uh, Jeanette, correct? Jeanette? Yes, correct. Yes, Jeanette, thank you. Um, in terms of, you know, her... Uh, a, I want to talk to you about what it's like for your wife to be a manager because as an ex-musician, I can't even fathom <laughs> that. But on Long Weekend, she was she co-wrote, I think, the song Long Weekend with you, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, would love to sort of dive deeper into that with uh, your relationship with Jeanette, both as a songwriter, but also as a manager. <laughs> it's uh, It all started way back in the you know, early 2010 and 12. Somebody would call and I, I wouldn't want to answer myself. So I say, you got to answer and say, you're my manager. It looks better. <laughs> <laughs> that was how it started. She, you know, she had her own bookkeeping office full-time clients and stuff. So, but um, I had a bunch of songs from lots of people. Jeanette is a, is, is a very imaginative, imaginative person as far as, as ideas, songs, lyrics, hooks. I'm a melody guy. A lot of melodies come in my head and, 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 and then we go from there from what I have written down and stuff. So we looked at everything we had. We had a couple of songs. Uh, the title was Long Weekend because it can be said French and English is bilingual. And, and we had two videos of that same song and released in two separate markets for the branding. And the rest just came after the fact that we were two years in a pandemic. We were at our family camp in the winter in 2021, whatever. And we had a few songs written down that talked about summer and, and, and positive stuff and, and a cool vibe. So it went from there, started with Long Weekend and, and, and the French side barbecue dance and and, and, you know, vacations and camping. And so we looked at everything and all the songs we had and, and mixed everything together and ended up having 12 songs that I co-wrote and Jeanette happened to have the co-written songs with me. So, but the management yeah. side, that's, that's a whole <laughs> pair. Of, <laughs> that's a whole different pair of legs because holy geez, that's, it's, uh, you know, we managed to get her, I should say, but she, she does everything that, that's, that, that are my weaknesses, which is administration, which is booking, which is finances, which is um, everything else and putting the shows together and, and also some co-writing too. So uh, everything, you know, the press, the tracking, everything else is, is, is all people that I work with outside of her office. So it can be, um, but she's most of the time right, although being... The husband, I tend to sometimes say is no right away. And then eventually I think about it for a long time and, 
and most of the time I say yes because it feels it's right, but uh, it's, it's it's completely different than having a stranger manager. <laughs> that's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. So it has its advantages and, and disadvantages too. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's twenty four hours a day and two offices yeah. at home and stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, it's funny because you mentioned about long weekend and what I learned listening to the song that the French version of the song for long weekend was marshmallow is also, uh, both English and French, if I'm not mistaken. Is that my correct with that? Correct. You know, we, we have a lot of English words. We say camping in French and marshmallows and probably a bunch of words in there that are, that are English. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, Greg, Greg is becoming bilingual. Yeah, there you uh, go. It's my, it's, my, it's my grade 10 Ontario high school French <laughs> coming through. It is not that at all. If well, you could say, sent an email. Sorry, go ahead. You could say we oui and no. Yes and no problem. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can and I can order a Tim Hortons double double. There you but go. It's funny because when we, when, when we were, I, I was in a band back in the day and and uh, and we played Shipigan, uh, oh, yeah. which I think was one of our last shows on the East Coast tour. And uh, I was the only one that could walk into a Tim Hortons and go back and actually order everybody's coffee. It was, again, <laughs> can't, I can't do a lot. And I can't say a lot of things in French, but I was at least able to order coffee. For, okay, for so Greg, Greg, let, let's test you. You're driving up? No. Drive through Tim Hortons, order a double-double in French. Think English. There's only one word I would say different. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I would say uh, medium double double, which is one medium double double. Oh, we always, yeah. It's funny because I was, I was, exp- I was like, I'm like du sucre et du lait, and and like I'm breaking it down, and I don't know. Yeah, that well, of course, if, if you want sugar and milk, you I I probably say sucre and lait, but uh, medium double double. So I would say if it's just double double. Yeah. There you go. There were, as go. soon as you walked out of that store, Greg, people were laughing behind your back. So oh, totally. Oh. I, to- I totally. I totally get that. I, uh, 100%. Should begin are good people. Yeah, yeah. That was a good day. That is nice. That is That's nice. Good. That's good. Um, so this new album, Long Weekend, um, how, has, how has the reception been and what are the plans uh, to tour and support the album? Well, we're tracking singles. We have, uh, you know, uh, RDR on Ontario and Eric Alper and trackers out of Halifax and stuff too. So yeah, well, the first single was uh, Long Weekend, and um, the the results have been has been have been great. We have different different uh, provinces that are spinning more than others. Saskatchewan has been heavy, the Maritimes obviously and stuff. Uh, Ontario is hard. Commercial commercial readers are hard. Obviously, they, they get can cons coming in every every day, every week, and that's why I'm saying English is a different world for for a newcomer or, or non big label signed or whatever. You're, you're the Dean Brodies, the Brett Kissels, everybody on there, and uh, so yeah, the, the things are good as far as everything else. The, the radios are spinning. Other than that, and and uh, we're putting a show together for uh, development English shows because a lot of most of my shows are, are French or can be bilingual, but we're trying to get into and uh, get into doing English shows. And and one of the things is that if you're very well established doing French shows and you're doing you're getting very good fees, and you're going somewhere where nobody knows you in English and they're offering you very very smaller fees. Mm-hmm. for development it's a thing that's not too easy to do <laughs> you gotta you gotta go where the money is well do you want to refuse you know 
it could be 20, maybe, I don't know, 30% of what I'm used to getting in French because that's what, that's, that's a different, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And does, and does that take you, so I'm, I'm, you know, that takes you to the Maritimes, that takes you into Quebec. Um, does that take you anywhere in the States? You, you talked Belgium and France earlier on, like where, where would a, a, uh, a mainly French, if not an exclusive French show, take you? Uh, mainly across the Atlantic provinces. I, I didn't, well, one, one tour I did was like a 16 or 18 show brought me into French Newfoundland schools and venues with the band there. Just okay. the one, and, and uh, anywhere around Digby, uh, Shedigan, Nova Scotia is not too heavy. Across New Brunswick, across Quebec. Uh, Ottawa-ish, Gatineau, uh, Eastern Ontario. I got a couple of calls this week. My manager did for uh, Eastern Ontario, Ottawa regions. So up to there, we did some France and we were back in 2019, we were assigned to do uh, a tour in, in Switzerland and, and that, that area, but that, that went through. But tell you what, I did. I went to the Canadian Country Francophone Awards in 2019 in Montreal and Don, McCall, Don Mescal came down for a couple of showcases. His manager was there. And uh, we're working on the new English album. And the reason we got the tour in Switzerland was because of the English album. Oh, really? They have no, they have no idea what, what, what I'm saying, but they find it very exotic for someone to sing in English and being comfortable with it. It's, it's, yeah, it was weird. Wow. That's, what it, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And, and Quebec is sort of the same. Uh, Quebec, Matt Lang, right? Is this Quebec? You're doing very well. And, and he's, he's filling up everywhere and, He's a local person, but yeah, they find it exotic to have an English person singing comfortably in English, although they barely know a word. Yeah. Oh mm. wow. Yeah. I did. I did not know that. Um, are you Are you already starting work on on a new album, or is is the focus really on supporting this one? We're supporting this one. We have a, a French and English uh, singles planned. The, the song I'm going to sing later is called "Floating." That that'll be released probably in February or March, and and the French version. It's called, it's cocktail time, build a cocktail from the French radios. But uh, this will be our last physical album. We didn't know what to do. Actually, physical is way down. We're, you know, lots of streaming and, and royalties for, you know, satellites and radio and stuff and shows. But the physical is, is really down. So it'll be our last physical. Well, after that, we'll either go digital EPs or, or single only, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're going to have uh, the new long weekend tour, which is going to kick off all of 2023 maybe parts of 24 so we'll, we'll have nice. two or four singles and yeah so we'll uh we'll, we'll see how it goes and and our family camp in, during the winter time is great to just get uncluttered because you know me doing doing music full-time and, and helping out in the business side i'm, I'm doing 75 percent business and 25 percent mm. practice yeah. creativity and so on so you gotta get away get away with of all the, the emails and everything else happening so mm. It's it's interesting, and it's a topic that we've we've discussed with a number of artists from very young who are used to the new releases of singles and maybe EPs to more established. I'm not saying we're we're old. I'm not. We're not in our teens anymore. We're not. We're not eighteen anymore. Yes, correct. Um, but no. But it's interesting that, that that the the industry has moved towards that. Um, you know, releasing singles and releasing EPs. Like I think of, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Alexis on Fire, but you know, they released album after album and then and then called it a day. 
And then they just started trickling out singles because they said, that's fun. We get together, we create a single, or we create an EP and we put it out. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the industry today? And as you said, you're going to be putting out singles and EPs rather than focusing on albums. We try to be proactive. We try to think ahead. Uh, you, you want to be where, I mean, that's our opinion. You want to be where the public is and, and it's mm -hmm. Apple music and, and streaming and what's next, right? Uh, you want to have videos on YouTube or whatever, professionally done videos, although it's costing you, you know, from two to $5,000 per video and you're making, are you making direct money on that? No, but you're looking, what's the best place for investment? And uh, I forget your question now. I'm mean, the tracking. There. No, just in terms of in terms of the shift, oh. many artists are taking from albums to releasing singles and EPs. Um, my my clientele on the countryside was fairly good as far as physical sales, mm -hmm. but um, I actually don't mind what I look when I look at a full album of ten songs or twelve songs. And if you're making it at the at the level that I was doing with Jason Barry, it's a good chunk of change, but you get a very high quality product. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're releasing three, four, five of those songs, uh, and the rest is not being released, but being spun on Spotify or something else that doesn't pay too much, unless Satellite picks it up if they're not singles, the other six to eight songs at two or three grand a piece aren't really doing much if the physical is not selling. Hmm. So at least if you're recording singles or a bunch of co-writing or a bunch of songs you like, a few demos, you choose your singles for the year, whatever, that single is chosen, recorded, released, tracked, and pressed or promoted, I should say, and hopefully added while you only have a video tracking, press and single to pay. So every song is 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 able to be out there and maybe generating something other than just being on an album. I mean, if, I mean, in a physical and a holding world yeah. and the jacket and so on, you know, but um, that's where we're going. I, I think I, I, people are, I, a lot of people are saying they want to go with singles. I, there's still albums being released. If, if you have the grants and so on, all that, the albums don't cost you anything, obviously, but um, it's still not all single release for everybody yet. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm not suggesting it is, but yeah. it just seems like more the the younger crowd that we talk to are just really look at it that way. Like they don't, not that they don't think of the album, but many are just thinking of that sort of single EP um, release mm -hmm. cycle versus, you know, doing a full album. So. Yeah. Does it, does it give you the same press? I don't know. If you look at the big boys and they, they get this big press hype for an album coming out still, you know, compared to yeah. just singles, it's maybe not quite the hype that an album would have but yeah yeah but probably the way to go yeah yeah maybe one day we could all be like taylor swift and have every single song on one album be in the top 10 can you imagine that's <laughs> 10 songs i mean that was that's that was unbelievable 10 all 10 top 10 songs like yeah incredible incredible it's, it's insane I mean, when she, when, when she first sang, I think on one of the awards, so I, she was really young. She sang a song that talked about Tim McGraw, whatever, that one of her first singles. Yeah. And I found, I told my wife, I said, my God, that girl is so flat when she sings, but it's her style of being lazy on her, on her, on her, on her vocals yes. and stuff. But man, people grabbed to it and she crossed over and became unbelievable, you know? So, yeah. Huge. Yeah. 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 
Um, Lori, I understand uh, you might have a song uh, for us. I don't know if you want to grab your guitar, then we could talk about what you want to play. Well, this is a song that uh, it's actually the first song on the English EP uh, in in The Long Weekend, and and we liked it a lot, and Jason did a great job on it. It's a story about, it has to do with, with... with this feel good summer type long weekend album, obviously, but it's called Floatin'. And it's probably gonna come out in February or March when people start to go south and stuff. And it's a story about a guy that, that just goes to the beach and, and to have some fun with his friends. And he notices, you know, his, his, his I guess his, his future wife or what do you wanna call it? This floating out there on, on a lounger and, and he's just freaking out and, and talks about all that. So it's just a simple song called Floatin'. At the beach for a little bit of fun Catching waves and a little bit of sun Life is good, life is grand With an ice cold drink in my hand And something caught my eye in the water Nothing else really didn't matter From where I stand in the sand She's a ten with an already perfect ten I'm a man, old man, floating, stretched out in that lounger, floating. I could be her life saver if there ever was such a thing as love at first sight. Well, there she is, she's floating. The guys all around are looking when their girlfriends aren't really watching. What to do, what to do, what to do When the one is so close to you But yet so far she's floating Stretched out in that lounger floating I could be her life saver If there ever was such a thing As love at first sight Well there she is, she's floating Floating Floating. There she is, she's floating Stressed out and out around her Floating, I could be her life saver There she is, so far away She's floating There's a virtual live for you Well done, <laughs> well done, thank you so much Yes, thank you Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. She's a ten with a ten, or she? That's she's a she's a ten with a perfect ten. That's well, nice. when I stand when I stand in the sand, she's a ten with a perfect ten. Yeah. That is nice. That is nice. Awesome. Um, let's talk about lost venues. We have this segment called Lost Venues, Lori, uh, where we talk about uh, where our guest talks about a venue they've played in in the past. And uh, maybe they have some fond memories. Maybe they have some horror stories. Uh, <laughs> but the venue no longer exists. I wonder, uh, Lori, if you have such a, a venue in mind. Thinking about different places that I played, I guess it's, it's a simple uh, location that I used to play with one of my French groups You know, before I went solo. And uh, it was an annual event in a wharf not far from here. 
And a friend of mine uh, used to do it every year. Uh, you know, the whole Sunday, we'd have bands there and stuff. And um, uh, he did that to raise money for his hockey team. So I played there every year. And we had lots of fun there. And, and after 10 years, they stopped because, because, well, mainly the guy that organized it got, an, got into an accident. And, oh, no. and the guy passed away. So it was a tragic story. But it ended all there. So we obviously the show wasn't done anymore. But that, that was, a, that was a, a fun time. We did it for 10 years. And there's a song in one of my albums called, it's, it was called the, po- the Poker Run of St. Thomas, you know, because fish, fishermen boats, fish, well, I guess the boats for the fishermen were all coming at that location and then, and then leaving to go to five different wharfs to grab a card for a poker hand and then end up back at that wharf where the music was and, and the prizes and stuff. So it was called the Poker Run of, of St. Thomas. So that, that was a story. I couldn't think of any other venue that I've played where that wouldn't be there. Mainly we played big tents and arenas and, uh, and, and, and outside stages. So nice. most of the time the tent is in and out or the arena still there, but, um, that's, that's about it that I can think of really. Awesome. That's great. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, and I think this might be a flyer and I hope I got this right. Um, do you share from a motivational perspective books and stuff that you enjoy? Am I correct with that statement? Yeah. Do I do okay. reading? Do I do some reading? What? No, where I was, what I was wondering was not wondering where I wanted to go was, um, one of the books I just actually just finished listening to, although I've been a huge fan of this author for a long time, I think one of the books that you're a big fan of is Start With Why. Am I correct with that? Cor- correct, yes. Yeah, correct. so I'd love to, and again, we're probably, we, we actually probably aren't going off music, but um, I'd love to get your thoughts on why Start With Why is such an important book with you because Simon Sinek is just, to me, an amazing, amazing mind. Yeah. If, if I can remember, it's been a while. I do lots of reading in the morning on motivational books and positive yeah. books and whatever else. Um, if I can remember correctly, well, obviously, um, why do you do what you do, I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, then, and then ask the question is why? So probably in there, there was different people doing different things, business people, the, yeah. the guy that, that started Walmart or different yeah. branches that did it, oh, yeah. service. Basically, service is first and the rest will come after. So mm-hmm. if I'm doing music, why do I do it? And, mm-hmm. and, the, and the question is because I love it. And, and I, I like to, to make people happy. I like to, to serve. You can call it serve. And, uh, but I can't remember all, all of that book. But the yeah. why is very important because yeah. uh, I've had jobs that I hated. You know, I'm doing much more, <laughs> probably more money doing engineering, right? Concepts of bridges or whatever else. Yeah. And, but we're really more happy now in what we're doing. And, yeah. and so that would be, that would be why, uh, yeah. I guess... No, it's great. Those are great I, books I just, too. With you. Yeah, yeah. And doing my research, I came up upon that. That's one of your books that you had recommended, and I thought that's interesting because I mean, I've all, I've I've been I've I've watched and listened to the the snippets of Start with Why, but this is the first time I you know really listened to the entire book. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's I mean, when he talks about the Walmart family and the fact that you know when they lost their why, that's where we are today. Right. Yeah. That's where we yeah. are with the Walmart readers. It's not the same company that it was when Walton, you know, yeah. 
yep. created it however many years ago. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, if you don't know your why, nothing else matters. It's like, you know, I'm an, I'm a, he's an Android guy. So he doesn't understand why I'm going to say he, I'm pointing at Kareem here, whereas I'm an Apple guy. So I understand why. So, you know, I'm just, just throwing that out. I'm just, yes. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, because <laughs> after a while of doing what you do, you always have to have a purpose. You know, a drive and, and getting up in the morning needs to be fun where it wasn't when I was to do doing engineering for different companies. So after a while, even the most successful people need to have purpose. All the money in the world and whatever attention or whatever you get, and it, it becomes even empty being at the top. So they get into serving or giving to organizations something that, you know, something else that 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 gives them a purpose and a why you know a balance i guess too but yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely so one of the last questions we like to ask people as we're wrapping up is what what's in your earbuds or ear pods or whatever the cool kids are saying today cream always busts me on that whatever i use uh, what are you listening to today that people should be checking out music I, I listen a lot to the new stuff to get inspired to think outside the box from what I'm doing um, to try to, to evolve. If you don't evolve or if you don't question yourself, you're going backwards. Uh, so basically, I, I listen to the local new country station. Sometimes I dip into the 90s. Um, I should say after a while uh, of listening to the 90s, uh, I want to go back to trying to, you know, evolve. I, I always say to people, if I have, if I, if I uh, was a painter, I'd have 10 different paintings, but you could see all of myself in somewhere in there, you know, mm -hmm. in one of the paintings. So, and, and so my songs, you could see something in there that that's me, but hopefully I can grab stuff from what's happening now. And if there's 10 sheeps out there and there's one purple sheep, I want to be the purple sheep, obviously. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Lori, thank you so much yes, for you. joining us. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for that song. Uh, looking forward uh, to it coming out and uh, having it play maybe driving south or going south somewhere where it's, where it's nice and warm uh, on a beach. Um, your new uh, album, Double EP, is Long Weekend uh check it out wherever you buy your music wherever you stream your music uh laurie this has been fun thank you so much thank you greg and kareem has been a pleasure a great chat and finally get to meet you guys it was fun thanks awesome thank you. take care thank you take care okay bye-bye